My name is Owen Flynn and you're listening to the Trail Running Ireland podcast, episode number two. We are in one of the toughest races of our lives, but we are trail runners, we are mountain runners. How many times have we got to the bottom of a mountain, not quite too sure if we'd get to the top or not, but yet we have always got there and we have always got to our finish line. In this week's show, we have a double world champion, a winner from TDS and UTMB in Chamonix to give us some great tips and advice on how to get to our finish line. And we will get to this coronavirus finish line. Everybody get your running gear on. Let's go. And welcome everybody to the second episode of the Trail Running Ireland podcast. Before we start off, a special thank you once again to our show sponsors, Eco Trail Wicklow. I was talking with the management team this week of Eco Trail, and thankfully the race still has a green light. You've got the 18k, 29k, 45k, and the big one, the 80k to look forward to. And wouldn't that be nice after months of lockdown, a nice blue sky in Bray and some beautiful trails around Wicklow to run in in the Eco Trail Wicklow on September 26th. But let's kick the show off and let's go to our man on the ground, Rory Long, Irish international and winner of last year's 28k in the Eco Trail. Rory, let's dial you in. How are you? Good, 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 Rory. Absolutely dying here to get out for my first run tomorrow after seven weeks of being locked down, trapped in my house. So cannot wait. I'm sure you're delighted. Yeah, sure. I think the rest of us here are, you know, kind of getting sick of the local park. But I mean, it's a little bit better than you have had it, I guess. So I'm glad you can get out. Yeah, and it's a little bit different in Spain, Rory, as well. What they said um, only this morning was in the official legal announcement for regarding what we can do and what we can't do is that we can go out for as long as we want, um, whatever distance we want as well. But just once we stay within our city um, um, borders, if you like. So for me in Las Palmas, that means I can pretty much go anywhere in Las Palmas which is easily maybe a 20k radius. So they've taken a very different approach to a lot of countries and like back home in Ireland where I believe the 2k radius is still in force, Rory. It is indeed. Um, we're kind of hoping there's some news due today over the next couple of days uh, that they might push out a bit more. If it went out to 5k, it means I could get it back up into the hills, which would be absolutely amazing. Uh, but for now, we're still at the 2k lockdown. Okay. And speaking of the hills, Rory, what's the latest news regarding any races? Yeah, so I mean, we've had a, as you can probably see, and it's very obvious that we've had a lot of moving uh, major restructuring of race dates. But I think that probably the most fun thing that's happening right now in the trail com- uh, community in Ireland is the Immer Lockdown Challenge. Okay, and w- what exactly is that? So what it is, is it, we've had two Irish international uh, runners, Sarah McCormick and Paul Tierney of Missing Link Coaching. And they're providing two weeks of trail and hill running specific training for Immer members. Um, and they're both really high-performing athletes in their own dis- disciplines, mountain running and ultra-trail running. So it's a really great initiative. 
absolutely i know sarah and paul and sarah for example won the world mountain running association world cup last year so she's a world champion so no better lady to guide you through it and has the reaction been positive amongst the, the running community there Rory? The reaction has been really positive. I think uh, it's proving a little bit tough for some people, but what's great is that the training is varied. So it's a mixture of mobility work and strength endurance training to high intensity intervals. Um, for example, the first session, which was on Monday, was uh, two sets of 10 by 30 second hills with 30 second recovery. And that's a pretty beefy session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it sounds great. And if people want to sign up, it's probably through the Imro website, is it? It is indeed. So it's through the IMRA website, it's for IMRA members, and it has a nominal fee of €10. Euro. Okay, super. And no, that sounds absolutely a great initiative from the, from the guys in IMRA. Fair play to them. Um, what else is going on, Rory? Any other rearranged um, big races? Any news there? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, I mean, starting with IMRA again, IMRA have cancelled all races until June. So the next fixture untouched is uh, the Sorrow Hill League race. Um, but until then, everything is cancelled, unfortunately. Uh, and there'll be... Only a limited number of races rescheduled, and I'm sure it'll be pretty hectic when the ongoing situation comes to an end. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, you mentioned a new initiative from the Imra team as well, about trail running weekends or something like that. What yeah. exactly was that? Yeah, exactly. So it's something that I thought it'd be really nice to mention is uh, in July, there's two double weekends. So two weekends with two races, both on Saturday and Sunday. And it could make a really good opportunity for a staycation so for a little breakaway, if things have kind of calmed down and uh, relaxed by then. So the first one is in Mayo on the 4th and 5th of July. So you have the Muil Ray Irish Championships race on the Saturday, followed by Crow Patrick on the 5th of July. Wow, sounds great. Sign me up. I wish I could be there. And isn't it? It sounds like a great initiative because, you know, especially now, Rory, where it's so important, I think, to support local businesses local hotels fingers crossed they all get to open up okay and to do so you know um in enjoying two mountain trail races as well it, it sounds like the perfect summer weekend away yeah it, i mean i, I want to hear is there's also some great crack involved usually on the saturday night so there's a few sore heads uh going up the hill on the sunday but i mean it's i'm sure to be great crack and we do have another one as well which is on the 18th and 19th of july in the reeks and it's the reeks skyline sky race on the saturday and then on the Sunday, there's two options. There's the new Carantool Classic, and then there's the Cronin's Yard Trail Race. So there's really a lot going on in that weekend as well, so it could be a great option. Uh, well, listen, I mean, fingers crossed they all get to go ahead. And isn't it nice to have a new goal, you know, a new objective to keep us going through the month of May, through June as well. And then with a bit of luck, Rory, July, August, we'll be back out racing and um, enjoy certainly the second half of the year. Um, just in international news, Rory, just to touch base there for a second. Jonathan Wyatt, the president of the International Mountain Running Association, he released a statement on the 30th of April saying that he will release exact details towards the end of May of how they're going to restructure the World Cup that we just mentioned that Sarah McCormick, the Irish athlete, won last year. So we'll know then if Sarah will get a chance to defend her World Cup title that she won. Um, also, the World Masters Mountain Running Championships in Austria, scheduled for the 4th to 6th of September, they still have a green light as well. I know the Irish runners are 
great for traveling to veteran championships. Um, I remember back in 2017, we won the over 35s World Mountain Running Championship. Ian Conroy, Brian Fury, myself, we had an absolute great time. There was a great squad of Irish mountain runners there. So with a bit of luck, we might get that in as well. The under 18 World Championships has a new date for the 17th of October for all our young trail runners out there. And the big one, the World Mountain Running Championships, scheduled for Aria in Lanzarote. And that still has a green light as well. So fingers crossed a lot of those championships in the second half of the year will get to go ahead. The other big news there this week, Rory, with the international trail running um, calendar was that some of the big ones like the Sky Running World Championship in July, that was cancelled. Val d'Arlan by UTMB in the Pyrenees, that was cancelled until 2021. And then the Ultra Trail World Tour, the first race that looks like we'll get to go ahead is the Golden Ring Ultra Trail in Russia on the 19th of July. And then the big one in Chamonix, UTMB, Catherine Poletti, the director of UTMB, the co-founder with her husband, Michelle, she has come out fighting this week and she is not going down without a fight. She said that they will do everything possible within the French government guidelines to try and ensure that the UTMB goes ahead at the very, very end of August. At the same time, the Tour de France is due to go ahead as well. I know there's a lot of Irish runners who have their entries for this year's race. Um, they're due to make an official announcement, I think, in the third week of May. So let's see what happens there for the big one in UTMB at the end of August. Yes. That, that, that's it from me, Rory, from the international side anyway. Uh, how's your own training going, Rory, before we say goodbye? Are, are, you, are you hanging in there? Are you, are you staying strong? Yeah, sure. Hanging in there, trying our best. You know, I mean, I think everyone's just trying to get the little bit they can do uh, they, they they can get done and get just get it done what's quite funny actually was that session that was the first session of the lockdown challenge which is the 30 seconds on 30 seconds off that's a really famous uh, interval format that's popularized by athletes like Killian Jornet so I think you know if you can get out and do your best with little sessions like those they can really make a difference when we get back into the hills over the next couple of months yeah absolutely it's all about staying positive listen Rory thanks a million for that update and we look forward to seeing you in episode 3 thanks so much Owen talk to you soon take care bye bye Sarah McCormack. My name is Brian Fury. My name is Nicola Duncan. My name is Zach Hanna. My name is Mark Ryan. I'm a mountain runner. 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 Hi, my name is Harriet and I'm a mountain runner. You're listening to Trail Running Ireland. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. We've just heard the voices of the Irish mountain running and trail running team, which means that it's time for our slot with our expert coach, René Borg. René can be found on runningcoach.ie and also his audio blogs are also available on The Educated Runner. And René is a very experienced coach. He's one of the best in the country and it's an absolute privilege to have him on Trail Running Ireland. René, let's start you in. How's it going? Not too bad, Owen. Uh, after that intro, I'm blushing here. No, it's well-deserved. And genuinely, if people want to take a deep dive into anything that we discussed in episode one and what we're going to discuss here in episode two, do check out The Educated Runner or runningcoach.ie. Rennie, in the first episode, we spoke about 
how runners have been adapting to the lockdown, to the coronavirus and um, back home in Ireland and indeed all around Europe and the world. It, it feels like now that we're, that, we're, that we're stuck in the middle of this marathon. We're not quite too sure where the finish line is yet. We might be beginning to pick up little niggles and stress, stressors on the body are all very hard. So what we wanted to talk about today was what we can do as a runner to make sure that we don't get injured and we stay fresh and healthy um, until restrictions are lifted and there's a small bit of, um, of life returning to normal. Yeah, so Owen, when you sent me over this topic, you know, and you said this is the usual 10, 15 minute slot, I said to myself that, you know, he's testing me here <laughs> because it's obviously, it's, it's another huge topic. And so I had to rack my brain a bit to say, how can we bring something across um, about this that you can take um, without having to, you know, talk about it for an hour? So basically, as you alluded to there, training is one side of the of the equation and recovery is the other one. So we know that if you go run for an hour, the other 23 hours of the day is when you actually get the benefit of your workout. So it's really about figuring out what are the best activities with whatever time I have available to get the most out of the, the exercise of the work I put in. Um, and I'm just picturing for myself that we have two types of listeners right now. You know, there are people who have too much time on their hands um, because they can no longer work. They might not have any children at home, you know, so for whatever reason, suddenly there's more time available than before. And on the other hand, we have those who are still working, you know, either because they're in critical services or because they are e-working and they also have the kids at home because there's no childcare available at the moment. Um, And I'm in that situation myself, for instance. So I know that 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 gives you some challenges because your daily schedule is kind of turned upside down. Um, And I think what we can tell people today is a message that's useful for people in both those situations. Um, So, for instance, the the three questions I was hoping people will get answered today is, first of all, you know, when we talk about rehabilitation or prehabilitation, so keeping the niggles um, at bay, what is that really? You know, what factors will influence that? How should you prioritize those things? Because I think a lot of the time when you hear the word, rehabilitation the first thing you think about might be doing little exercises with you know physio bands or jumping on the foam roller or something like that but actually we need to zoom a bit out from that which we'll do here and then once we have the priorities straight for what where do we start and what are some examples we can let people away with especially i'm trying to pick some examples that people mightn't have heard before okay yeah yeah well we'll work away Renee, because i mean it's so important that our runners listening, me and you as well, we're, we're passionate runners too, that we don't get injured because especially in this type of situation, r- running is such an aid to our mental happiness. Um, and we don't have the physio at the other end of the phone that we can call and book an appointment with. So absolutely, let, let us know what you have. Yeah, I'm glad you say that because that is obviously part of what's gone away now is that if you used to have a guy you went to every two weeks for your sports massage, he's no longer there. If you used to have a personal trainer that designed a program that particularly was for you, which is always the best, you mightn't be seeing them at the moment. Um, So a good way to prioritize, there's a lot of what's called recovery pyramids you can find out on the internet. Um, One I particularly like is by a guy called Lachlan Penfold. And in his recovery pyramid, he says... Look after the fundamentals first. And the fundamentals is sleep, nutrition, 
and your mental and emotional stress. Only on the second level, it's your training plan. So what that means is the you know the second most important way to prevent niggles. It's it's not actually doing anything else. It's just to ensure that your training is good. You know that you have a proper training plan that does is not too abrupt, for instance. So that you don't even if you have that already. You know, you might need to reach for, for the TheraBand or the foam roller just yet, especially if you're short on time. The third level is where you get your recovery techniques. You know, so you've, as I said, the, the sticks, the foam rollers, the massage balls, the, the stretching exercises and, and all that. And finally, on the fourth level, you get all of the other stuff, you know, should I do an ice bath? Should I wear compression socks, etc., etc. So... Yeah. So you can see, I when I first saw this pyramid, I thought, well, this is actually great news because if you have a busy life already, looking after the first two levels is is plenty for most people before you even think about the third and fourth level. Yeah, and, and I just wonder um, how many people actually think like that, Rene, because, you know, I, I know I've come home from runs or maybe late at night at eight o'clock, nine o'clock, and I'll be looking for my foam roller or I'll be trying to give myself a little self-massage or maybe even try to do some a little bit of sneak, a little bit of strength training in, where there's no point doing all that um, if I'm not getting good sleep and good nutrition. Well, that's the message in a nutshell, right, with that. Yeah, if you're only getting five or six hours of sleep every night, you know, then first fix that, you know, use the extra hour that you would have used on your program to sleep. Um, and there's actually a word for this now, owner. they call it over-recovery which just means you spend so much time on your recovery techniques that you negate the benefits of your training because you can't relax sufficiently. And often, you know, this comes, it's, it's worse in a time where there's a lot of emotional and psychological stress. So I, I can't say how the people listening here, you know, how stressed are you about the current situation? But an easy way to improve the stress situation is to turn off the news a bit for a while. Yeah. You know, that, that would be huge. Spend some time maybe just, you know, enjoying the company of your spouse if you have one of the kids or, or watching a movie you enjoy. You know, really what you need to do to get your mental state right is find at least some slot during the day to do something you either enjoy or that makes you relax. Sure. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, so in terms of sleep, Rene, um, would I be right in saying that there's no magic number? Everybody is different. Some people might function superbly well on six and a half hours. Other people might need eight and a half hours. And, and not to get stressed about trying to hit a certain length of time every night. It, that's exactly, yeah, that's the, that's where we kind of are now, both in, in research. And I, I've experimented a bit with this myself, Owen, because the, with the kids, I've tried a lot of different sleep patterns over the last few years, and you probably have too. Yeah. Uh, and one thing I noticed is that sometimes um, I would feel better going to bed later, a bit later than many would recommend. And I found that was because I'm at, uh, this was, I confirmed this in a, this test online called DNA Fit, which is a genetic test, that I'm actually a night owl. So, I have a, my circadian rhythm, which is, you know, your, your bodily, daily bodily rhythms is set to be a little bit later in the evening and a little bit later in the morning. And some researchers think there's four different types and we can't go into them here, but it does mean if you, you need to find a sleep routine that works for you. So if you don't know it at this point, that's the first thing to figure out, you know, what, what is the best time for you to go to bed that makes you wake up feeling rested? It's not necessarily early as better. Um, that said, Owen, if you sleep much less than seven hours, most people will probably start to struggle, although there sure. is exceptions. Yeah. 
Um, you mentioned nutrition, Rennie, as well, but uh, we could speak for an hour and a half, two hours about nutrition. Um, but just, was there any general point, Rennie, you wanted to, to get over with that? Yeah, just, you know, if you, because there are so many different nutrition approaches, there's one you can probably draw as a good principle across every single type of eating you can imagine, which is just cut down or ditch the processed and the junk foods. Yeah. And two, keep your energy balance when you train. You know, so if you're, you know, a lot of athletes can sometimes have a tendency to overfocus on, oh, I have to lose weight and train hard. And, you know, that is often then gets you into negative energy balance. You, you might have tried it yourself, Owen. Yeah. And since you're speaking about recovery, it's poison for that. So yeah. training, training hard and, and having a negative energy balance is not a good combination for recovery. Yeah, yeah sure. So maybe three or four fasted runs a week, but certainly not seven fasted <laughs> runs, and especially maybe during um, the, the current situation that we're in. Exactly, because it would, it would obviously compound the stress. And I think if you've never done a fasted run, then one is probably a good place to start, you know, and see how you get on with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, before we wrap up, Rennie, anything else that you wanted to get across to the listeners this week? Well, we thought we would still mention recovery techniques, you know, because as I say, it's if you want to go online and say which recovery technique is the proven best one, you know, you're going to be disappointed because there isn't, it's very hard to study these things. So you, you won't find a study that says, oh, foam rolling definitely works, stretching definitely works. You'll just find a lot of studies that say, it might work or it's not proven whether it works. So really the key is to find an exercise technique or, you know, some kind of method that you either know already makes you feel better when you run before and after and it lowers, you know, any niggles you might experience. You know, if you already have something like that, keep it and put it into a place of the day where you can do it while you're relaxed, you know. So if you foam roll, maybe do it while you watch, while, you know, you're binge, binge watching Ozark or whatever it might be. Sure. Um, on the other hand, if you want something that's really individualized or if you already have it, that's obviously what can really take your, what would you say, your physical conditioning to the next level. And in these times here where you're probably isolated from your coach, it's best to get a really detailed online program if you have the little bit of money that some of these cost. Um, the two I would recommend for two reasons, Owen. One is most people won't have heard of these two, so it's, I hope it's new information for quite a lot of people. The second is these two systems are based around gait, so it means walking and running 100%, and they take you through your own body in, in micro steps, so that means you get to experience every little thing as you go up. You don't skip anything and jump straight into a level that you might not be prepared for. That's not relevant for what you want to do at all. So the two systems are called, uh, one is called AIM, that stands for Anatomy in Motion, which you can okay. find on um, findingcenter.com. So okay. we put a um, brilliant, brilliant course uh, with a fantastic online platform and amazing customer service. You know, I couldn't recommend them highly enough. Great. The other system is functionalpatterns.com. So I, I always say this is the PhD to your own body. So it's really detailed, but again, very good videos, a 10 week course. You can't access, you know, week two until you've completed week one and so on. Um, and all of these, you know, both of these courses come with, you know, you get your manuals and you get all your video details. So you can just kind of follow along at your own pace in your own household. So they, they're two really good examples of i think what people if they want to spend and they have the extra time to spend uh, on their rehab you know go for something like that 
Super. Okay. Listen, Rene, thanks a million for all that wonderful advice as always. Um, we look forward to the follow-ups um, on runningcoach.ie and the educated runner as well. Rene, stay safe, stay injury-free and enjoy your running. And we look forward to catching up in episode three. All right, Owen. Thanks, Will. All the best. Bye-bye. Time for our feature interview and on this week's podcast we have one of the most talented trail runners in the world and he's an absolute gent as well. He was the winner of TDS in UTMB in Chamonix last year where he won an incredible 145 kilometer race in just over 18 hours. He won the World Trail Championships with the Spanish national team in 2018 and he's represented his country on five occasions. He was on the podium in last year's Ultra Trail World Tour and he's won multiple prestigious races all over the world such as this year's Transgran Canaria where he crossed the finish line in joint first with Pau Capel. He was the Spanish Trail Champion, he was the Spanish Sky Running Champion as well as other national podiums over the last couple of years. This year he signed with the professional Adidas Trail Running Team and in his Instagram account he's got over 30,000 followers. Not bad for a mountain runner at all. It's a great privilege to welcome onto the show Pablo Villa. Pablo Villa, winner of TDS UTMB. How are you? Welcome indeed to trail running ireland <laughs> thank you i'm very happy to to chat with with you and i'm very happy because it's my first podcast in english i know well an absolute privilege to have you here pablo with us pablo just the first question just to kick things off how has the last six weeks been for you because i know it's been illegal to run in spain for the last six weeks uh, uh, it's very it's a very difficult situation uh, for all the spanish people but for me it's difficult because i love run uh, and now it's, it's impossible to run out so uh, the first the first week was uh, good, but now I'm very, very bored, very tired with the, the situation. Well, I know you've been having some fun as well. I saw last week on your Instagram account that you did a mock and refreshment zone with lots of cakes and lots of Coca-Cola. So you've been having some fun as well. Yes, I, I spent a lot of time in, in Cook or or um, in a study for example and um, i use my time in in other things and i think is is a a good option because now uh, you can learn about uh, things that when you have the the normal life you can you can do sure absolutely and i certainly agree with you that now hasn't been the time for training hard. It's about just maintaining and then hopefully looking for races maybe in the medium to long term. I think it's a good strategy. But Pablo, what I wanted to do today in the first half of the interview was to bring the listeners and the viewers on a journey, on your 10-year athletics career, mountain running career, from 2009 when you started until 2019 when you had that famous, fantastic win in Chamonix last year. So if we go back to 2009, 
What was it that made a young 21-year-old Pablo Villa choose the trails and the mountains instead of road running, track running, cross-country running? Uh, well, uh, I chose uh, trail running because uh, I think uh, the trail running have the best of the running and the mountains. Okay, uh, if you combine the two sports, uh, is is my passion. Uh, I love run and athletics, and I love the the mountains. It's the the perfect sport for for me. And did you live close to the mountains, Pablo? Uh, close, cerca. Uh, cerca la montaña. Did you live close to the mountains? Close to the trails? Sí, vivo cerca de la montaña. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes and no. <laughs> uh, I have a mountains about 2,000 meters uh, near my home, but I need to uh, use my, my car. Okay. I spent about uh, 20, 25 minutes, and uh, in, in this distance, uh, I have a, a mountains about 2,000 meters. Wow. But, but uh, from my home, uh, I have a, a little mountain with about 100 meters of elevation, and I I can go uh, from my from my home uh, run. Running. Okay. Okay. So you started trail and mountain running in 2009, and was your first big victory maybe 2013 when you won the Desafio Somiedo? And maybe then did you realize that you had a real talent for, for trail running and mountain running? Yes, but I think the most important race to, to change my, my mentality is mentality. good. Mentality? Yeah. Okay. It was a TDS, uh, the, the year in, in 2012. Okay. Because it was my first international race. And I finished it on fourth position overall. And I was the first Spanish guy. And I, w I won the, the senior, uh, the senior category. Yeah, wow. Okay. okay. So I think it was a, an important change uh, in, in my sport career these, so, these so days. You were very young, um, Pablo. Was the TDS, was it around 145 kilometers like it is now? No, no. You were running uh, that when you were very young, maybe 23, 24 years of age, running that distance. Yes, yes, of course. I I was, uh, yes, 22 or 20, 23 years, years old. Um, but... Uh, I love the, the trail running because I love the, the endurance race. The adventure in this race is, is incredible. You know that you start the race, but it's impossible no uh, know if you go, if you, eh, eh, si tú pasas la línea de meta, o sea, tú conoces que vas a salir, pero no sabes si vas a, a llegar. Yeah, you don't know you're going to finish. You can yeah. certainly get to the start line, but you don't know in that type so, of race if you finish or not. And that's where the excitement is. Yeah, so 
uh, is my my first motivation to to run endurance endurance races. Wow, wow, okay. And um, you did TDS. You began to get some some victories around Spain, and then yeah. you began running for the Spanish mountain running trail running team. Um, what was it like as as a young athlete to to represent your country? Yes. Uh, for me, it was a dream because when I was young, about 10 years, uh, I remember showing TV uh, Abelantón uh, won the, the, the World Champions in Marathon in Sevilla yeah. na, uh, 99. Yeah. And for me, the, the Athletics Federation uh, uh, is important uh, because I love the the athletics is a, a passion for for me, and I never imagined that uh, I could uh, wear the the Spanish T-shirt. Sure, sure. So was a dream. It's the same T-shirt that Abel Anton used in in Sevilla '99. So it was a a dream for for me. Do, do you still have the Spanish singlet, Pablo? Do you still have it? Yes, the one that you had for your first international race. Yeah, yes, yes, of course. I I have this set in in my armchair. Sure. Um, <laughs> well, I know I know you ran five times for Spain, but yes. I'm sure the perhaps the most special international vest that you got was on home territory in Spain in Peñigolosa. 2018, yeah. when Spain won the World Championships of trail running. Um, tell us about that day and that race. Yes, the previous year uh, we won the, the gold medal in Italy. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. But Were you on that team as well, Pablo? Yeah. Yes. Uh, the, uh, uh, the, Italy, the World Championship in Italy was, was incredible because uh, I, I think... Yes, uh, the 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 first four Spanish runner uh, was in the in in the ten overall. Wow, in the top ten. Then in the top ten, uh, I remember uh, Luis Alberto won. Uh, Christopher Clemente finished on second position. Dani Garcia in five position. Miguel Caballero in eighth position, and me in tenth position. Was wow. was uh, was incredible. And I remember that. Uh, uh, one week uh, before the the World Championships, I can't run because uh, I was um, uh, dos esguinces de tobillo. How and say? you sprained your ankle. Yeah. Wow. So was in I I was in in good form because I I can use my my bike during a month. Um, okay. Finished the, the injury with a 10th position in a world championship it was an incredible experience for me. Well, it just goes to show that if anybody's injured before a big race, especially yeah. on the trails and the mountains, yeah. the bike can be a fantastic alternative to maintain yeah. fitness yeah. and still be able to go on and get a top 10 in a world championship. Yeah. With one month on the bike beforehand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's incredible. Um, and do you have any any explanation why Pablo 
Spain has been such a dominant force in trail running and world championships over the last five years. You mentioned there in 2017, five runners in the top ten. You won again in 2018 in Peñagolosa. Why do you think that the Spanish trail runners are are so good? Well, I don't know. I think in Spain uh, there are a a big... um, uh, a technical mountains and a lot of mountains. Uh, we have the Pirineos, uh, we have Picos de Europa in Madrid. Uh, we have uh, mountains in Andalusia. We have mountains in Spain. There are uh, a lot of mountains, so this is important. Um, I think uh, the Spanish people love the the outdoor sports because okay. we. We all we have a good uh, climbers, good alpinists. Yeah. So uh, the Spanish people love the the outdoors. So I think uh, uh, there are a lot of of mountain runners in Spain. So it's easy to to have a, a good uh, mountain runners okay. or, or runners. Yeah. So this, this is important. Sure. Um, and I know reading about your race in, in Peña Colosa, um, Pablo, that you said it was an inflection point for you because you really suffered that day. It, it, was, it was a bad race day for you, but you still dug deep. And I think, did you come 12th or 13th and still scored for the team to win the gold medal? You, you learned yes. how to suffer that day. I always... Uh... I'm always uh, a fighter, uh, a good fighter. So I think to be a, a real champion, you you have to uh, uh, how explain this uh, to to be a, a, a real champion. You you know you you know win and you know uh, lose or finish it on. Sure. On, on 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 ten position or twenty position. Know how to win and know how to lose. Yeah. Uh, yes, of course. I think is is very important. Uh, and in Peñagolosa, uh, my expectations uh, was was big uh, because uh, the previous year I won in Ultra Pirineo with uh, Luis Alberto or Christopher Clemente in the race. So yeah, my expectation was in Europe at the time, yeah. Yeah, it was very big. But uh, if you can't won individually uh, in in this type of championship, you can uh, help your team with uh, finish it on on third position in the in the team. So I think it's it's very important for the team and for your country. Yeah, and similar to the cross country, but. I don't have a. I don't have a. I don't have a good remember from Peñagolosa. It's not a, a good race for me. I know, I know, but but still, another gold medal and to be world champion um, two years in a row, an incredible achievement for you and the Spanish team <laughs> as well. Um, yeah. Pablo, we mentioned TBS at the start of the interview, and. You were there early in your career. You went back a second time and a third time, but had different problems. 
before you had the perfect race last year. Um, yeah. Could you tell us about the problems that you had and how you corrected those problems to make last year's race the perfect race? Now, I think if I win, uh, if I, I can... I I can win TDS. I think uh, was possible because uh, I I didn't finish in 2017. 2017, okay. okay. This race uh, in 2017 was an inflex point in an my point, yeah. yes in my was a change in my career. Yeah. Because I I understood that I I had a problem with my uh, mentally in in career. In races, I, races, in, races yeah. Yes, I had um a lot of pressure in the races. Pressure. Yeah. Yes. So uh, uh, after this TDS, I started to work with my psychologist. Wow, and was uh, an important, the, the the most important change in my sport career. Wow. Uh, one one month uh, after this uh, TDS, I, I won uh, in Ultra Pirineo. So was an important change. And the last year uh, in the, or sea, the next the, the next year in 2018, I didn't finish uh, in TDS, but I didn't remember like a, a fracaso. How say fracaso? It, yeah, you didn't remember it as a failure. As a fair race. Because I, I, I was about 100k leading the, the race with, a, with, with an incredible feelings. So I had a mistake. I lose, I lose the track. Okay, the wow. And my my reaction uh, wasn't the the best because I I put uh, all my my effort in in take again the the first position in the race. Okay. Yeah. And in this in this race, uh, I learned that uh, the 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 brain is the most important thing to to go on a, a big race, and you only you only uh, have a focus in your own effort in a race. Yeah. Okay. Do, do you understand? Yeah. Sure, Pablo. But I, I can imagine how frustration how frustrating Pablo that must have been. And Pablo, I think we've just lost you on the video feed. If we can just get you back. Yep, there you are. you're back now. Perfect. Yeah. Um, we're back. We're back online. Um, I can I can't imagine Pablo how frustrating that must have been to be ahead for 100 kilometers, feeling so good, um, and then to see the victory being taken away from you. Um, by losing the track, um, <laughs> what what were the what were the pieces of advice and the tips that your sports psychologist gave you 
to help overcome those mental difficulties? The secret is uh, uh, put your attention in the in the moment. Is the is the secret? You only only have attention in in the next day, in the in your hydration hydration in your food and in your heart rates uh, is is the most important thing. You don't have to pay enough attention in the in the other runners. Okay. Is for me. I think it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the for me is the most important thing to 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 do a a good race in in endurance sport. Sure, and I've heard you say before as well that for big trail races, it's so important. Maybe for the first seventy five percent, eighty percent of the race, to go at your pace and not to worry about competitors, people yeah. around you, to run at your heart rate, to run at your rhythm. Yeah, it's a, for me, it's the, it's the most important. And when, when uh, in, the la, in the last, for example, in a, in a race like TDS, in the last 20K, 25K, is the moment to, to evaluate the, uh, to evaluate, yeah. evaluate, to evaluate the, the, the race, evaluate the, your competitors. The situation, yes, and go is, for the is, is the moment. Sure. So yeah. the, the rest, of, the rest of the race, uh, you have to, to add, you have to your attention in 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 own. Sure. Well, with that brings us to last year, Pablo. It must have been a fantastic feeling to finally get to the finish line. Yeah. After 10 years of training hard, learning along the way, and to have the perfect race, and to win in just over 18 hours, I think, to win, to win clearly. Yes. Uh, TV, the last year, TDS, was my AC race. Uh, it's good. Yeah, you're, you're, good. Your, your easiest race, or your easiest it, win, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because... I feel uh, very good uh, during all the race. Uh, I my, my effort was uh, constant, and I don't need to uh, suffer uh, enough. Wow, uh, was really easy. But I think uh, the, the the race was very easy, but the the train was very very hard. I. Yeah, yeah, the train was the most difficult in this race, the previous training. Okay, okay. But, well, well, maybe, Pablo, for the second half of the interview, you could tell us about, about your training and what tips and advice you can give to trail runners all around Ireland, around Europe, um, and especially those people who are starting their trail running, mountain running careers, if you like. Um, what general advice can, can you give to them? Um, and I know I read before that for you, it's so important to be able to climb, run on the flat, and also descend. Yes. At first, for me, the most important word in this sport is patient, uh, paciencia. Patience. Patience sure. is the most important thing. Your best performance 
will be possible if you if you can train uh, many years. Yeah, like in your case, it was 10 years maybe yes. before yeah, you yeah. got to that perfect race. If you can train 10 years without injuries, you 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 will have your best performance in 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 us in the sport. But uh, a trail runner uh, has to be good in 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 all things in running in flat, uh, running in downhills, running in uphills. It's important to be good in in all types of of terrains, technical terrains, uh, fast terrains. It's, sure. it's do, do, do you spend a lot of work in the gym, Pablo? Doing strength work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I think it's it's very important. It's very important to run fast. You need a, a good strength. So I spend all, all days. I I I do a, a gym or wow. or or core or uh, mobility or, yeah. or 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 maximum strength. But all days I spend a minimum. minimum uh, 15 minutes and maximum one hour. Wow. Would you do that, Pablo, before you go running, after you go running, or as a second session in the day? Yes, depends. Uh, for example, if I if I go to the CAR... Uh, yeah, the High Performance Center near where you live, yeah. Yes, I, 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 I had a, a, a session during the morning, the most important session during the morning and uh, in the afternoon I'll I'll go to the to the gym. But for example, if I if I have a a, inter, a hard interval session, uh, I spent about 30 minutes uh, before the the session in in do core or or uh, some mobility or activation. Well, okay. Um, I know also speed work, Pablo, is very important to you as well. And yes. it's not just about being for hours and hours on the mountains and on the hills. You do a lot of speed work on the flat and also speed sessions on mountains as well. Yeah, yeah. For, for example, my, my longest uh, train uh, to, to, the, to the training TDS. Yeah was one session about nine hours was a test so for your 18 hour race your longest was nine yes hours. nine hours and about five session about five hours and the rest uh, the maximum the maximum was about three and a half hours wow okay so okay. one session uh, with nine hours five session with five six hours Oh, sorry, and the rest of the session uh, was uh, three, three and a half hours. Okay. Okay. Um, for me, it's, it's very important the fast in in endurance right? because if you can run easy, about three thirty, three twenty per k. Yeah. Yeah. When you have uh, in a flat session in the 90k about 4k is is easy for for you and it's a good pace for a endurance trail. Do you understand? 
Yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, a question that a lot of people often ask Pablo as well is, do you use poles? <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, I think it's, it's, uh, it's a very important thing. Uh, there, there isn't some studies, uh, scientific studies about this, but my experience says that it's an important thing because you have two two legs more to 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 climb. Sure, two more points. points you, yeah. you, you can use uh, four cuatro uh, puntos de apoyo. Uh, yeah, four, four points of support. Four uh, four points of of support to to climb. So uh, when you when you are in the top of the mountain, your your legs are uh, are están más descansadas. Uh, They're more rested. Yes. So you can run fast in the downhill. Okay. Yeah. Um, speaking of running fast, Pablo, what shoes um, would you recommend wearing in long trail races? Do you go for heavy shoes with lots of support? Or do you go for lighter, fast shoes? Uh, well, uh, I like uh, chain shoes in the in the in the long trails, in the in the ultra running ultra running races. I like uh, chain my shoes at the middle of the race. Okay. Okay, but depends. For example, in Trans Gran Canaria, my Marley Reds. Uh, in the first part, I use uh, a fast, uh, fast and, and light guest uh, shoes because the the first the first part of Transland Canaria is is very fast, is very reliable, and I use a a, a Gravic Speed LD model. Okay. And in the second part, uh, when you are tired and when your pace is Slower than the first part. I prefer use a percussion shoes and and a shoes that is better in the in the downhills. Okay. Because you have more more support. Sure, sure. I I, I know for recovery, Pablo, as well. Massages are very important to you. That you get lots of massages during the week as well. <laughs> yeah, although my girlfriend is physiotherapist, so <laughs> it's not a problem for for me. But I think it's it's very important. It's most important the uh, assimilation of a train that the the, the, the that the own train. Okay. Yeah. So it's more important the assimilation, allowing your body to rest and recover yeah. from yeah. training sessions. Yeah. For me, you only have to do uh, the train that is possible uh, assimilate. Yeah. Only do the training that your body can assimilate. Yeah. I think it, I think is the is the best option, and the physiotherapist and massage. It's very important to assimilate the the work. Sure. Okay. Okay. Um, for people listening in, Pablo, um, I'm sure they're wondering what nutrition strategy you have during races. And I mean, we could spend probably a full hour talking about food and nutrition. But just in, in general, any 
pieces of advice in terms of nutrition yeah. during recovery <laughs> for for the listeners? You know me, and and you know that I use uh, only a carbohydrate. Uh, liquid. Oh, only carbohydrates, yeah. Yeah. Well, we saw on your Instagram video last week at the recovery. But it's not it's not my my real station. <laughs> it's a it's a fake. <laughs> it's a, a funny a funny video. But in in my races, I only use a li- liquid liquid food. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's liquid food, liquid gels. Yeah, yeah. liquid because. I think it's easier to assimilate for your body. So I, my, my advice is uh, 60 grams of carbohydrates, more or less, per hour. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I use a lot of caffeine. I think it's very important for, for use uh, fats in the, in the race. Okay, okay, okay. Very, very interesting. Um, Pablo, talking about the, the future, um, and there's, there's so many race circuits out there at the moment. Now, I know things are in paralysis at the moment with coronavirus and so on, but how for an elite runner like you do you now choose what race circuits to do? We've got sky running, Ultra Trail World Tour, Spartan has come in as well. Very difficult to choose now. I have done all circuits. <laughs> I uh, I have I have done sky running. I have done World Championships. I have done UTMB. Uh, I don't know, but for me, my first motivation is UTMB. I think is okay. The best race in the Thailanding world. Yeah. And this race for me is the possible to be a professional runner. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 But I think the new circuit, a Spartan race. Yeah. Have a lot of money and I think will be interesting for the, the runners. Sky running, sky, sky running world cup is, is an interesting circuit because uh, half uh, has uh, uh, an incredible races, uh, technical races, beautiful races. But I think at the moment the the UTMB is the the strongest the strongest race. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, since I've got to know the UTMB, for me, it, it's the Olympic Games of the trail running. Yes, world. it's the unofficial Olympic Games in the trail running world. Um, Pablo, you mentioned trail running has become more and more professional. There's more and more professional athletes in trail running. Sometimes when money comes into a sport, yep. you also see a rise in doping. Yep. Um, have you seen or heard suspicions of doping coming into the trail running world? Are you afraid of doping coming into the trail running world? Yes, yes, of course. If uh, there are money, uh, if there is uh, money, a lot of money, there is uh, dopers. But uh, I don't know. I think uh, the the money is is the money 
can change uh, the mentality of the of the sport. Yeah. But I think uh, there are uh, good people in in mountain running, but it's impossible to uh, control it all the all the bad people. Yeah. So it's a it's a difficult question. I I think the the doping uh, existe. ¿Cómo se dice existe? Uh, yes. There's in the in the trail running world, but is is little in comparison with comparison is, yeah, is in good comparison goal. with in comparison with other uh, sports like cycling or or athletics or football but football sure. is is not interesting yeah. <laughs> and i think while we've seen trail running grow so much over the last 10 years especially on continental europe it's still maybe small compared to big city marathons where the prize purse is a lot bigger still than the biggest trail running races in the world. So if an athlete is going to dope, they'll probably choose to do so in the big city marathons where the, the prize checks are absolutely enormous. And while there's more money coming into trail running, that temptation hopefully won't be there for a long time yet. And in the meantime, I know ITRA, they have their anti-doping program, and I think we'll see more responsibility um, on the IAAF to ensure that doping controls are very strong in trail running, and especially in their championships as well. It will have to be. Yes. Uh, do uh, anti-doping controls is, uh, how say, caro? Uh, expensive. It's expensive. So uh, all depends uh, about the money. Yeah. All depends about the money. If there are a lot of money, there are a lot of will will be a lot of uh, there, there are there are a lot of controls, doping controls. Okay. If if there is money, it's impossible to to do doping controls because okay. it is 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 very expensive. Sure. Sure, sure. Have you raced against many Africans, Pablo, on the on the mountains over the last few years? Yes, the Africans uh, are a, a very good runners, flat runners. Mm, but I don't know if it's possible. I can't imagine an African runners go down fast uh, in a very technical downhill. Uh, and of course, the, the doping in in Africa is is <laughs> yeah. present. A big problem. Well, it's if big. I had to bet on um, Team Spain against Team Kenya in a trail running world championship, I, now my money would be on Team Spain. Now is 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 better the Spanish team in in trail running yeah. because, uh, for example, in the last race in the Sky Running World Cup. Uh, in Limone, the last year, there are four uh, Kenyans in the race, and finished uh, behind me, and I'm finishing in 16 position. Okay. 
And I feel very tired because uh, all the October month I I was uh, in in races, and I finished my my season finished it uh, in TDS. So, I, I, if you are African, you can run fast, but you can't uh, you can slow in you can run fast uh, in the mountains. Yeah. yeah. O sea, si porque seas africano, yo creo que no quiere decir que vayas a correr rápido en montaña. Que puedes correr rápido, pero no. Just because you're an African athlete doesn't mean you can send the technical method quickly. Pablo, <laughs> uh, just as we get to the end of the interview, um, it's a question I ask all of our special guests. What is your favorite place in the world to run and to train in? Uh, it's, it's easy for me, it's... This question. Uh, I love uh, Picos de Europa. Wow, okay. uh, I don't know if the people know Picos de Europa, but uh, uh, the, it's a mountains that uh, in, in the north of Spain. Okay. Uh, yeah. in the, it's in between Leon, uh, Asturias, and Cantabria. And is these mountains uh, are similar uh, Dolomitas? Okay. Today, honestly, yeah. Okay. It's the same. Okay. Time of, of the line. For me, it's the, the most beautiful uh, landscape to, to do a try, trail running. And, uh, my dream is win the Travesia Integral Picos de Europa. That oh. was my, my first endurance race. Wow, wow. Well, hopefully, um, when restrictions are lifted, Pablo, and life gets back to normal, that dream will come true. And I know you have an invitation to Ireland, Pablo, as well. Yes. Time, the Eco Trail in Wicklow told me to tell you that there's an invitation from them to join them in September in Ireland. If, if we're free and if the restrictions are lifted, to come and um, have a special day with us in, in Dublin and in Wicklow at the end of September this year. You'd be very, very welcome. Yes, I would like to to run in in Ireland. I never stayed in Ireland or in United Kingdom in a, in the north of Europe. I I never stay, and I would like to to run in in this land landscape and raining landscape. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> Well, listen, Pablo, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much indeed for the interview, and hopefully Welcome. we'll see you soon racing and competing and winning and um, before the end of the year. Thank you very much. Thank you very much to you, and sorry to my bad English. <laughs> no problem, it was absolutely great. It was an absolute pleasure. <laughs> okay. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> And for the last part of the show, we have with us Simon Kelly from the Waterfall Trail Running Festival. Hello, Simon. How are you doing? Hey, Owen. Yeah, doing well. How are you? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Simon, great to have you on the show because I know you're doing something very, very special this weekend. Well, I, I wouldn't call it very, very special. Um, unfortunately, the Waterfall Trail Running Festival was due to happen this weekend. And with, obviously, the current global situation and COVID-19, we did have to um, postpone the festival until 2021. So, I mean, as race director, and this would only be its second year, I wanted to mark it and just do something to acknowledge it and kind of put it on the calendar. So 
I kind of batted around a few different ideas and, and came up with the, the longest race in the trail running festival is 130k. It's on a looped course, um, which would be three loops of that, 43k loops. So I wanted to try and recreate that as close as I could and uh, kind of give it a lash myself over the, the, the starting on the Saturday morning. So, yeah, I'm going to try and do 130k starting six o'clock on Saturday morning. And uh, cracking on, giving myself a cut off of 24 hours, which would have been the same. Um, the, the big difference is it's going to be on a 350 meter loop uh, here in Waterville in, in, the, in the private estate, actually, which is Loch Grand Holiday Homes, um, which is usually the HQ for the Waterville Trail Running Festival. So a bit different, but still on grass. It's, it's not a road race. It's going to be running on grass, but I think it's going to present a, a few different challenges than it would uh, running in the, I mean, beautiful mountains around here in Waterville. Absolutely, Simon. And I saw you on social media during the week and you um, went through the 350 metre loop that you had and you said that it was 372 laps that you're going to have to do to clock up to 130 kilometres. So just, Simon, for, for myself and people listening in, not only is that an incredible physical challenge to get through 130 kilometres, but how have you prepared yourself mentally to get through that? I mean, 372 laps. Do you have any mind tricks that you're doing? Jedi mind tricks? Are you listening to music? What, what, what are you doing as you're running all those laps? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think there's anything special um, or different that uh, I'm doing. Uh, I mean, one important thing for me was the big commitment step always comes when you make it public or share it with people um, that you're going to do it. Because I kind of have the feeling that when you share it with people and people offer their support and their well wishes, and then when you undertake a challenge or a run or anything like that, you carry a little bit of their goodwill, their sentiment with with you. But also, I feel a little bit of responsibility to, you know, a bit live up to the billing and, and you know, to, to acknowledge their support and honour and deliver for them as well. I mean, it's much like a team sport. Uh, I may be one person out there running laps, but a lot of people sent me direct messages and, you know, um, publicly posted support and well wishes and, I just want to do them proud as well um, and, you know, obviously do the festival proud as well and, and enjoy it myself. Um, I'll have the occasional bit of vocal support from my wife and my son who will be there. But outside of that, there, there's not going to be anyone else um, here in the estate at all. It's, it's fully locked down with barriers up the front. So it, it does make it controllable and, and, and quite good in terms of COVID-19. But then it does present the challenge of that isolation. I'll use a bit of music. I might listen to the odd podcasts like your own. Um, and yeah. they tend to while away the, the distance and uh, just try and, again, just change your kind of thought process. And if you end up with an earworm song, sometimes I'll throw on a pair of headphones. It's not something I'd usually do in, in a race, to be honest, um, because normally you'd be have other people on the trail and you're hearing trail sounds. But when you're doing, as you said, 372 laps and also there's going to be no traffic there's got to be no other kind of animals around other than a bit of bird song so uh, it's not that i'm going to miss out uh, audibly and i'm not putting myself at risk by not having any kind of uh, ability to hear around me 
Sure, and I know you'll be joined, hopefully as well, by some virtual runners as well. Um, you were telling me beforehand that a lot of people that were due to sign up to participate in the Waterfall Trail Running Festival, that they asked you, could they do a virtual run alongside you as well? Yeah, I mean, I had a, a, a request came in and it got a bit of support just, just to say, uh, would I consider doing a virtual run? So very simply, I just put up uh, a message on, on, on Facebook and then also um, put up a, a little uh, group on Strava just to say, if anyone wants to take on the challenge of running, that's 43K per day over three days, which is another, it's a stage race that we do down here at the Waterville Trail Running Festival. And I think it's it's manageable enough and you can break it up into as many runs or as few runs as you want. In terms of the 130K, I'm not sure if anyone else is doing it. Other than I have, I'm not going to announce them yet, but I have had a message from someone saying, damn it, I was going to do 130K as well. So I might run it along with you. And he says, if he does run, he's going to give me the occasional phone call to see how I'm doing and also to keep his spirits up. So that'd be really nice if that happens. Ah, oh, super. Well, listen, Simon, all the very best with it. And um, just one piece of advice from me is, don't forget your running shorts, mate, <laughs> because the <laughs> listeners might not know that the very first time that we met was over in Ardi Extreme in Lanzarote, where we were a couple of minutes away from sending the runners off around the island. And um, if beautiful trail running race over there in Ardea and uh, Simon came up to me and said oh you're from Ireland aren't you I heard your I heard your voice on the speakers any chance you'll get me a pair of shorts so Simon make sure you have your shorts with you this time and once you do I'm sure you're going to get through it mate um, you're, you're, you're a fighter you're an experienced trail runner so we wish you the very very best Thanks, Neil Allen. I promise I have the shorts laid out in the bed and they're ready to go. So I won't be forgetting them this time. <laughs> Super, Simon, absolutely. And listen, we look forward to seeing you hopefully for the full festival in 2021. I've been down in Loch Cran myself. It's an absolutely beautiful part of the country with some amazing trails. So, Simon, send us an audio when you finish. Let us know. I'm sure we'll touch base again hopefully in the next episode. I will, of course. Take care of yourself, Owen, and stay safe. Take care, Simon. All the best. And that's a wrap for episode two. We hope you enjoyed it. Thanks a million for all the positive feedback, guys, that we got after episode one. We were really, really delighted with it. Remember that we are here to help grow the sport of trail and mountain running and to have a good time along the way. So any ideas, any feedback, do please get in touch and share the podcast with all your running friends, whether it be on the road, trails or mountains. A big thank you once again to our show sponsor, Eco Trail, And we cannot wait to be in Bray in Wicklow at the end of September for this year's edition also a big thank you to Shane O'Mahony on drums and his band Basic Needs who provide us with a superb soundtrack for our podcast remember everybody that we are trail runners we are mountain runners we will get to the top of this summit that we are currently struggling up but we will get up to the top and we will get to the finish line so stay safe everybody enjoy your running and we'll see you next time in episode 3 all the best all the best